0: It's the moments that make a candidate, and the moments that break a candidate often. When the 2024 Republican field gathers in Milwaukee this Wednesday, the frontrunner won't be there. This week is one of the biggest weeks for those vying for the Oval Office. It's the first primary debate, the candidates' first opportunity to show all of America what they're really made of. Strong women, smart policy, solid theology, and no apology. You're listening to Women for America a ministry of Concerned Women for America, the nation's largest public policy organization for women, bringing you biblical perspectives to today's most pressing issues. Here's your host, CEO and president, Penny Nance. Hey everyone, Penny Nance here with Women for America, and I'm so excited to welcome to the show. Alice Stewart of CNN. She's the Republican strategist that regularly appears on CNN. Some of you, well, I don't know, most of you probably don't watch CNN, but if you do, you've seen her. And she is a dear Christian sister and a friend of mine. And so she's agreed to come on and talk about the Republican debate. What makes it so special to have her on is that Alice has actually served on the campaign in a communications role with several presidential candidates. Off the top of my mind, Mike Huckabee, Michelle Bachman, and Rick Santorum. So she's been in the situation of the Republican debates. She's been backstage. She's been worked on the side of a candidate. So she knows all the ins and outs. So we welcome her today. Thanks, Alice, for coming on. It's great to be here, Penny. Always, always happy to chat with you, and especially this exciting
1: time coming up as we get ready for the big debate.
0: Um, I'm pretty excited about it. Tell me what you're thinking about. I, I think it's a it's a great opportunity for the
1: voters to to really see these candidates head to head on the issues. And and look, so much is is mentioned in the press and in the media about, you know, Donald Trump and, you know, will he or won't he be there and mm-hmm. the indictments and um that aspect. But really penny. People out there really just want to hear these candidates and, and their policies. I mean, I talked to Vice President Pence the other day, and he's rolling out uh, you know, big policy issues that people right. are concerned with. He's talking about inflation. He's talking yeah. about energy. He's talking about federalism. A lot of these candidates, I, I've spoken with all the campaigns, and, and some of them, uh, Vivek Bramaswamy, uh, Tim Scott, um, and, and others, Nikki Haley, others who haven't had the opportunity so much to Mm -hmm. make this case on the national stage, they're going out there to sort of introduce themselves to people. So there's going to be, it's not all going to be fire and brimstone. A lot of it is, hello, my name is so-and-so.
0: Well, yes, especially now that Trump's not there, I got it. We got to admit the entertainment factor isn't going to be quite as fun. You (laughs) and I will be there together in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, as we have been in the past over the years. Um, But also, you actually have served on these campaigns. You over the years have had an even, even more bird's eye view and or up even up close view of what the candidates do to prep. Um, what the staff is thinking while they're on stage. I mean, I know I've watched the faces of staff as they're, you know, it's very stressful as someone who's supporting a candidate. And then, of course, there's the spin room afterwards. So first, let's talk about what it takes to get on the stage. Um, Let's start with that. Well, clearly
1: the, the RNC this year has really set criteria and good for them yes, because it, it, it is it is their debate. It's their stage and it's, it's their party, uh, quite yeah. frankly. And they were smart to put some criteria on the table, such as um, 40,000 unique donors. And that means donors, you know, you have to have at least 40,000, yeah. exactly. And you have to have a certain percentage in the polls, which is important, which means you have to have support mm-hmm. and uh, also i think this is an important component that they put out is that you have to sign a loyalty pledge mm-hmm. you have to to uh, commit to uh, endorsing and supporting the eventual party nominee and uh, i know there's a lot of talk about candidates that did not want to do that but the reality is uh, you get something out of that if you commit to to this pledge and you get the the good fortune of being on the debate stage the rnc also rewards you a with the airtime and the opportunity to, to speak to the world stage but they also, you engage in a, a data sharing agreement with the RNC and you you get access to uh, their voter database and important yes. data that, that you can use to solicit donors, to identify voters, to to see the, what we call the high propensity voters that are more likely to come out and vote for you. And it gives you an opportunity to access data that you probably may not be able to garner yeah. at this stage of the game. So uh, I'm glad to see the candidates uh, to do so. But you know, obviously, you get on on the debate stage. Many of them are doing really intense prep, um, mm-hmm. and and what we call murder boards, where you yes. ask the questions and ask them again, and you anticipate follow ups, and you okay.
0: Uh, but wait, hang on, pause on that. I want to first, and I want to talk about that. But just real quick, um, you you mentioned the criteria, and that is really important because we've seen in the past why that why that matters. Um, and so you, I think you said, it, I think it's forty thousand unique unique donors of dollar more right. from 20 states and i believe from a, and then a, a certain percentage i don't remember what the percentage was um but also being willing to sign the the uh, loyalty pledge which all of those are important things it is a big night you're going to have brett Baer and martha mccallum i mean you know all stars of fox which are and both going to be are they're great at this like you know i don't think there's any better anyone better that's able unless it was uh, maybe alice stewart in there (laughs) to to ask the question if cnn gets to host they better put you on the stage i agree um so uh so now we see uh, a, a number of people that are able to be on. But what we saw in the past, which I think was just I, I still kind of grieve it because I think really great voters, excuse me, really great candidates didn't get seen by the voters and didn't get the attention they deserved because they had Remember the two stages in right. 2016. You had people based on percentage that didn't make it. To, we called it to the adult stage. You had the kids' table and the adult table. And so you had one debate. Um, earlier and then the main stage debate was later so you had incredible candidates like I believe Mike Huckabee was on that stage and Rick Santorum and people that I have great respect for who would have really I think had an opportunity to catch if they could have just gotten on the main stage so I'm very very glad I I just did not feel like the voters were well-served, and I felt like it was very unfair for the candidates who were in second place that they just didn't get, because people, they weren't going to watch four hours of a debate. I mean, they didn't carry, but who was going to watch four hours? I mean, I went, (laughs) I was in all of it, but I'm a total, you know, political geek, so you know, nobody's going to do that. But I mean, I just really, I think we've come a long way, and this is the right way to do it.
1: Uh, Clearly. And, and, you you know, we also have to consider there were a a few more candidates back in in that cycle. So that was a factor in in it as well. But this is a more manageable size and, you know, hats off to the RNC for finding a way to make sure that, um, you know, uh, more people could be accommodated. There's obviously, you know, some that uh, might looks as though they, they may not make it, but Look, you know, the, the reality is in order to be able to stand up there with, you know, it could have been yeah. Donald Trump. It's not going to be. But to, to stand up there with um, the people that are in center stage, it's I think it's right. And I think it's important for the RNC to have standards. And these are not pie in the sky. This is not no, way too I, much to I, ask. I, I saw that
0: number and I thought huh, <laughs> like I could I do I that, done that. Done that. <laughs> now, I, which I have no interest in doing that, but I really <laughs> thought it was just a very reasonable measure of how serious you were. And if you couldn't make that, then you really didn't belong on the stage, frankly.
1: Right. You know, but then again, you know, they 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 still have the opportunity to go out and and, you know, make their case to the mm-hmm. voters of Iowa and meet and greet with people and do the same in New Hampshire. And, you know, there's the opportunity for them to make the threshold for the next debate. So that's right. That's right. Not, You've got another
0: one. We're still a ways out. So. Right. Um, we're st- So we're, we're getting ready to move into tomorrow. What are the candidates we're doing right now to prepare?
1: It, they're all different you know penny everyone has their different way of going about it they've been doing uh debate prep and murder boarding and they
0: go over tell people what a this. murder board is i love it's, i love that I yeah think it's you, really important to do i like to do it
1: yes you you get in a room with your advisors and your debate team and your uh your you know communications team and and they ask you the questions oftentimes you have uh people that stand up as you know a, a stand in for uh Ron DeSantis, and a stand-in for Tim Scott, and a stand-in for all the candidates, and that stand-in sort of um, anticipates what that person may fire Mm -hmm. back at you. That's an important
0: job to have when you're prepping a candidate, honestly, who they choose. Uh, I think, if I'm not wrong, I believe Donald Trump at one point chose... Chris Christie, right. <laughs> as, his, as his sparring partner, which that needs right? to be a good one. No doubt. Well, but you know, and yes. it's often raw, rapid fire. So it makes you better. You know, if I'm going to have a really tough, I, I anticipate a tough TV debate. Um, I, I will put myself through that. And often you're my sparring partner, right. and, you know, and I appreciate that because it does help someone prep or, you know, yeah. my team. So it's really right. important
1: yeah they're they're going through through that and and you know then comes you know debate day what they do you know twenty four hours or twelve hours leading up everyone's different I had um you know I've had candidates um that want to stay locked up in a room and and continue the the prep part. I've had some that want to get out there on you know on the campaign trail and meet people michelle bachman uh used to like to go on walks uh Rick santorum liked to go bowling We, i remember oh wow um, yeah just, think
0: some, just disconnect mm-hmm. and think about yeah. something totally different that's All right interesting. i remember I see, cramming in the cramming in the back room waiting me, me too i saw one time uh, john Kasich.
1: we were walking through through the near the arena, he was out playing basketball with some guys and, Mm -hmm. you know, they just do, you know, some need to unwind, some need to get in the zone. I personally, like you, I would be in the zone and, Mm -hmm. you know, not not want it. And then, you know, you get in the green room with your staff and your team and, you know, all of my candidates, we would say a prayer uh, for Mm -hmm. strength and guidance and, and Mm -hmm. um, good questions. And, uh, you know, you you say that final prayer and, and go up on the stage. You know, there's, I remember another fun, Part back in two thousand eight, John McCain used to to come in our green room with Governor Huckabee and practice his jokes. He would always have a joke against other candidates. And since Governor Huckabee had such a great sense of humor, he would say, Mike, what do you think about this one? And he would say, no, that's too mean. Yes, that's funny. So everyone has different ways
0: to to get ready. Mike Huckabee has, (laughs) first off, a razor-sharp wit. right? And beyond that, and there's a lot of very witty people in politics because it's smart people. But he somehow is always able to toe that line between funny without being mean, which right. I think is just a real gift because you it, never come away from that thinking, well, that was just nasty. Like he's not nasty. He's funny.
1: Right. Right. And and again, he, he makes his point across, but it's kind of like
0: that, you know,
1: as we say in the South, bless your heart and, yeah. <laughs> and he gets his point
0: across. Well, and if you, I mean, whether it's an attorney cross examining someone or in a debate, there is a a place to just completely decimate your opponent, but usually you don't want to overkill. Of course, Donald Trump overkills, <laughs> right. but it works for him. You right. know, when I first heard, so I was at the 2016, the first debate, which was in Cleveland. And I believe you were there as well. And right. I, I heard that first debate and it was, you know, it was, it was, he was really tough. And so I wasn't really sure. And he was tough against Megan Kelly, who's a woman, right. uh, which that's a little risky, but of course she can take it. She's, you know, an incredible professional, smart, tough, like, you know, nothing shocks her, but I did wonder like how that was going to play out. And surprisingly to me, it played out in his favor.
1: Right, I mean, only Donald Trump can get away with that kind of behavior, you know, on the debate stage or out. I think if anyone else had had been that way, they just wouldn't get away with it. But then again, that's why it doesn't
0: work. If you if you're not authentic, that's the other thing that comes out. So when people try to be Trump, it doesn't work.
1: Right. Only only Trumpism only works for Trump. And you know, Penny, you know that's why people love him. The his supporters Mm -hmm. love him because he is that get off my lawn. Candidate and and person and that's just his and quite frankly they probably uh, wouldn't recognize who he was if he didn't do that
0: well right there's a certain expectation you know right. uh, I was remembering as we we're sitting here that uh, over the years there's been a couple of first debates it seems like it's always the re-election where the incumbent blows the first debate George W Bush did it and Mitt Romney uh, well, yes, yeah. he didn't win, but he blew uh, a debate. Yeah. Oh. Trump blew his first debate in the reelection. Um, what do you do? What is the candidate's, uh, wh- what is, what should they do if that happens? If you just have a terrible debate, people that have won have had terrible first debates. How do you come back from that?
1: Well, uh, another um, would be Barack Obama. When he debated Mitt Romney, I mean Mitt Romney in that first debate just he mopped the floor with him, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, and you you just have to realize, okay, I I, I got to do better next time, and you just mm-hmm. double down and you uh, you know work on your uh, your own answers and your responses, and you know you don't take it for granted. Uh, you you can't just phone in debate prep Uh, you really just have to 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 be prepared and and I think um, one good um, shellacking like this getting caught with your pants down on the debate stage uh, is all a candidate needs to realize okay well maybe I I do need to 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 lock lock, it right yeah
0: I mean you know these are smart people many of them have been able to you know they're smart. They're always, you know, one of the smartest people in a room. They're, you know, they're used to having and, and let's be honest, most of these people are very charismatic, too. You don't get elected. Usually, usually there's a few exceptions, but usually you're a very charismatic person. Right. Um, and so, um, you know, you but you will they do learn pretty quickly that they're with other people just like them. And some right. of them smarter. And so if they if they do get, you know, their clocks cleaned, suddenly they it sobers sobers them up and it and they have to realize they they're going to have to work and, well, and exactly. and And to
1: your point to follow up on that, you know, they're always, you know, the smartest guy in the room. But one thing I always respected about um Senator Cruz was he was one of the smart is one of the smartest guys mm-hmm. I know, but he also realized that, um, he can, you know, learn more by surrounding himself with smart people. And we would do debate prep and it was extremely intense and lengthy and he welcomed it. He welcomed all views. And when he brought on Carly Fiorina as the vice president uh, uh, running mate, uh, he invited her in the room. And I just remember her sort of an outside perspective, new to the team sitting down. And he would say, what do you think, Carly? What What, what is your um, thoughts on this? And she just immediately just stepped in with, with thoughts and feedback. And he, he wanted to hear that he wanted to hear yes. feedback. He, he, even though he knew he was smart, he knew that he didn't know everything mm-hmm. and he he took advice from, from everyone.
0: Well, and she's no, she's no schlup, but that's <laughs> right. for darn sure. Right. <laughs> Very successful woman in her own right. And I agree with you. I, I got to tell you, Ted Cruz is that guy that um, has to work hard, not to overpower people because he's so smart. Right. Right. But if he wants to bring it, he can. And I have watched him at times where, you know, someone will try to take him on and he'll be like, he'll be like, okay. And I'm like, oh shoot, you shouldn't have done that.
1: Right. He's like, I'm holding (laughs) my my beer. (laughs) No, no, it's
0: going to be bad for you. Don't do it. Run. (laughs) (laughs) Because he is just an intellectual heavyweight and people like him have to be careful to still be likable because, you know, they are so brilliant that You know, people won't like you for it sometimes. Um, Right. I know you have that problem as well as I do. Uh, I I do.
1: My my intellect is (laughs) is just so (laughs) off-putting. I know,
0: I know it's a problem. This this is showing, really, this is so fun for me. And this shows what complete political nerds we are that we're getting it, such a charge of talking about this and well, we're so excited it, about exactly. being
1: there well and yes and and not we're just talking about it we're going to be there because um we we are nerds but you know one one other thing you touched on earlier is you know the the before and the during and the after of these debates is is interesting mentioned you, oh, you yeah. in the, 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 the
0: spin room yeah, i love the, the spin room
1: the the funny thing with the spin room is like everyone you know wants you know all the media wants their candidates to go there and in, in, in the spin room and, and tell,
0: okay back at tell people okay. that don't know tell them what a spin room is okay it is a just a big huge um
1: room near the the debate stage and all of the news media is set up in there <clears throat> and either the candidate themselves from that just did the debate or their surrogates from their team um go in there and you know answer questions about the debate and you know the the mindset from the the campaign is if you can tell uh, you know your team can you tell do. if you if you knocked it out of the park or if you're like yikes we need to you know there's a mm-hmm. cleanup on aisle four um get out there and correct it um a lot of times the candidates will go out there you you get you know instant media coverage you know i'm I'm sure fox will obviously have live coverage and and the the goal is to be the first candidate on the um fox you know interview mm-hmm. set after the debate that means you, you can either you're run you can run fast or you're really good yes and they want, yes. they and want, they want first
0: they want their, their surrogates out there like right away exactly i mean and in there, yeah. and often there's little signs for who the candidate yeah. is so people know like so, uh, up above the crowd because sometimes it's a big room i in uh, cleveland it was a really big room right and, and so then so, people know where to go oh Chris is over here or a surrogate exactly. so all the reporters don't want to talk to yeah. him go yeah. over yeah. there yeah
1: yeah and, and it's a zoo i mean the main thing is that you want to be able to get live on whatever network is covering it or covering it at that time right then. But the reality from a press standpoint, a lot of media isn't not generated from the spin room, but it's fun. It's part of the fun. <laughs> um,
0: you know, the 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 oh, soundbikes- oh, you can blow it in the spin room though. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know so that's if there's what- anything that good comes from it, but it might be something really bad.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the key is you want, you want to deliver your best lines and make your most compelling message and your best introduction and contrast on the stage and, you know, leave, leave the spin room for, for the surrogates Mm -hmm. and, um, go to an after party and sleep well, knowing that you've, um,
0: did your best uh,
1: well done my good and faithful servant. (laughs) Well,
0: um, (laughs) I, so um, I was going to ask you about, I remember when the debate, when Candy Crowley, who mm-hmm. was is formerly with CNN, was uh, the host of the debate between Mitt Romney and Barack Obama. Right. And I think it is widely, widely agreed upon that She blew it. And the reason she blew it, although again, she's a very smart professional woman, had a long storied career, is that she jumped in in real time to correct, to fact check Mitt Romney and correct the record. And honestly, I don't remember what it was about. It might have been something about China. It slips my mind. But um, she was wrong. And and unfortunately, Romney did not have the confidence in order to say, to correct her back and say, you know, what I said was true. And, uh, and it actually played against him, but later, you know, of course, looking back, people corrected the record and, and it, it really was a problem for him.
1: It, it was, I mean, uh, Mitt Romney was, was, you know, in a heated back and forth with, with Barack Obama, there was some crosstalk back and forth and, you know, it got to a point to where yeah, uh, it was his word against his word. And as you said, you know, Candy Crowley jumped in there and and correct the record. And, you know, to my understanding, you know, you know, the highly controversial moment was when uh, it was about President Obama's response to the September 11th attack oh, right. um, in, in Benghazi. Oh, that's and, right. That's and, right. And, and Mitt Romney was correct in, in what he said. He was he was factually accurate about it. And she. Corrected him, and I I could see the look in his eye. He was like, "No, I know I'm right. I (laughs) know I'm right." But there's there's so much going on in your head at that time, and you know, in hindsight, back
0: down from the from a fact, even if we believe, of course, you know, knowing President Trump, he would have gone right back at her, whether he was right (laughs) or wrong. You know, yeah, yeah, that might be the takeaway. If you think you're right go back in, you know, but yeah. she blew it. So we're going to have two very professional hosts who've done this before. How important are the hosts other than they're, messing up? Yeah, they're they're super important. It was
1: awesome. I'm reading an article today and it said the other woman on the stage and it was a whole article um, about Martha McCallum and, you know, the, the impact she will have on the debates simply, you know, from the standpoint of, You know, you have two people that, you know, will have different perspectives of their questions and Mm -hmm. certainly how they follow up. And, and, you know, she and and Brett Baer are two, you know, the utmost professionals, but, you know, they just have, have different styles and, you know, I think A lot of what they do for, you know, that's the whole other podcast is how the moderators and the the networks prepare for for these debates. But, you know, she's going to have certain issues that that she thinks are important and different
0: ways to follow up. And and Brett will as well. So yeah, and they're going to have to be able to switch in real time. I mean, that's the real test right there. If you can pivot and grab a thread of something that is important, that was kind of referred to and then pull that out. I mean, that's that takes a lot of. Ability to be able to do that,
1: right? And, and the key too is with having two hosts is is you know if one is engaged in direct combat with a can with a candidate, then the the producers can in the air talk to the other anchors saying, don't you know make sure and follow up on this. So it, there's that's true. You a know, whole been- team. Yeah, so that's that's kind of well, and also you got to well. keep
0: you got to make sure all the children are playing well together in the sandbox, right? You can't let that have exists. one candidate hog hog all the time, and there's always at least one very aggressive candidate who wants more than their own time for it, and so you got to make sure they behave. And right. so you know, it's 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 a full plate for sure. But I have right. every confidence that they're going to do a great job with it. Well,
1: and, for- and 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 just one uh, quick quick thing that another important issue that that. Fox Fox has addressed that uh, came out just the other day that is important. And, you know, people don't realize this in these debates, these candidates have, you know, 60 seconds or 90 seconds to answer. And if you don't, they, they ring a bell and for years there's been people complaining to the networks that when the bell goes off their dog freaks out so <laughs> people wrote in and complained <laughs> so, so fox has has made the conscious decision to change the 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 bell to something that doesn't sound like a doorbell it's more of like a buzz so that people's that's dogs funny. don't freak out
0: that's <laughs> funny well your dog sam maybe was <laughs> the test case on that exactly so it really works exactly um what are the what's the I know the issue that I'm of course looking forward to are the two issues. What what are you what issue are you the most looking forward to hearing the candidates speak about?
1: Um, and the economy is 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 big. I mean, that's what people in you know, you know, a lot of what they're going to do. They're going to play to you know the, the Wisconsin crowd. They're in Wisconsin. A lot of people in the audience will will be from wisconsin clearly this is televised nationally and everyone's looking at it but they'll they'll look at issues important to, to people in wisconsin and jobs in the economy are, are critical mm-hmm. and and all of them you know you, you don't hear about this because there's so much coverage of you know you know Well, what about you know trump i know you want to talk about this but t- let's talk about trump i know you've got you know, the world's greatest answer to the economy, but let's talk about Trump. You know, mm-hmm. these guys are out there on the campaign trail, rolling out policy that that people are concerned with. And, you know, I, I talked to, you know, the campaigns, I talked to evangelical leaders in these states and GOP leaders. And, you know, in Iowa, people are concerned with, you know, crop prices, food prices and gas prices and in, in mm-hmm. schools and safety. So, you know, they're going to to the best that they can, you know, obviously they have to answer the question that they're asked, but they're going to pivot to issues that they've been talking with the American people about. And, you know, people want to know, what are you going to do to uh, to turn the economy around? You know, the mm. administration likes to talk about how great these numbers are, but people don't feel that. Nobody yeah. thinks that's a, no. that this, this is uh,
0: working. I mean, you can yeah. tell people what they're supposed to be experiencing, but they're not fools. Right. Maybe you know, know at the, the end of the day, whether they have more money in their bank account than they did last year or not. It, exactly. And and the, and the key is, I I think, Penny, to your question, that
1: what do I want to see? You know, they're all going to talk about those issues, you know, jobs, the economy, schools, national security, immigration. But what I'm looking for is who's going to be able to make a genuine connection with the people. And it's tricky on a debate stage and a camera. But. People, how are you going to genuinely convey to these people that you care and you understand what they're going through? That's what I'm going to be looking for because Mm -hmm. that's what voters are looking for. That's right. Since uh, the
0: 1960s, you know, the first televised debate, I believe, was Richard Nixon and John F. Kennedy. Mm -hmm. And Richard Nixon looked sweaty and his, you know, his beard was too heavy, had a five o'clock shadow and young, charismatic, good looking JFK. You know, one, obviously. Exactly. and it and not that he wasn't, you know, very gifted, he was, but certainly being telegenic didn't hurt him. Um, and so, yes, being able to connect with the candidates, the connect the candidates being able to connect with people, especially the early states people. you mentioned, of course, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina. And then Florida. And uh, you know, they're all gonna spend time in snowy uh Iowa and they're gonna eat a lot of corn and they're gonna talk to a lot of farmers and then talk about ethanol and they're gonna talk about farm subsidies, they're gonna talk about all those issues, and that's gonna really matter to people. And then on to you know, the more libertarian New Hampshire and then South Carolina, which is a very conservative state. And I bet you the people of South Carolina are going to be not that the Iowans and New Hampshire people won't be, but they may be looking at what the two issues that I'm really going to be interested in hearing about tomorrow. And the first one, of course, is the issue of abortion. Um, I think it will come up. Certainly, this is going to be the first debate, first presidential debate since the overturn of Roe by the Dobbs decision. And the question is whether or not there should be any sort of uh, federal limits. Concerned Women for America very strongly believes that. You know, their, abortion is uh, the taking of a human life, and it is not okay just to say it's a state's issue. I mean, there are some things, especially, you know, when people, which, by the way, people understand, they may not agree with me that life begins at conception, but they understand late-term abortion. Right, and right. When they see that we just put together a really, I think, compelling video, my great staff, um, Deanna Drogan, put it together, and it is so powerful about the, the real victims and it, the victims' pictures are overwhelming, not everybody should see this, but anybody that um, wouldn't be traumatized by it and considers themselves pro-choice need to take a look. And it shows the literal pictures of the babies that were found um, in the trash outside the Washington Surgery Center. And it is breathtaking. And I have actually said to a couple of campaigns, one in particular, that I wanted to show it to them i wanted to show it to the candidate i want it's a two and a half minute video and if before you say that there should be no federal limits on abortion none whatever that some states should be able to allow abortion up to birth you have to know what you're advocating for and i'm not sure that they do in fact i'm pretty sure they don't and so i would urge you know candidates or people who don't think there should be any limits to take a look and be able to back up what you're advocating for if you're in favor of choice any choice any number any, any point in pregnancy, you need to be able to defend that. And that means you need to be aware of what you're advocating for and what you believe. And the second issue is the unique dignity of women. Concerned Women for America has a, a presidential pledge that we have sent to all the candidates, Republican and Democrat. And so far, we've had three candidates that have um, signed it. President Trump Trump was the first to sign it. I gave it to him personally. Um, The second to to sign it was Vivek Ramaswamy. And the third was Nikki Haley. And so I'm still waiting for other candidates. I gave it directly to Ron DeSantis. I'm not sure why he hasn't signed it yet. It's very simple. It basically says there are only two genders. Only women can be pregnant and become mothers. And then it goes through the fact that um, however you, you identify doesn't trump biology and that in law and policy we must protect women in their safe spaces in their locker rooms in uh, prisons in domestic violence shelters in education in health care in sports and so i'm not really sure why everybody hasn't signed that but it's going to be duly noted on the ones that do not because this is going to be an issue that is was has been going for a while now it compelled it was the tide that brought Glenn Youngkin into the governorship in Virginia, and I think it's going to be important in this presidential election because we have parents who are over it. We have parents who are very concerned about what their their kids are being taught. They're very concerned about indoctrination of their children. Moms who are furious about the fact that their young women can never actually when their, their scholarships are being taken, their trophies are being taken, their records are being taken down by biological men who are have decided that they identify as women and they want to compete in women's sports. And we are not okay with that. And the majority of women, it is a wedge issue. The majority of women are in agreement with us. Independent women feel very strongly about this, as do minority women. We're seeing all the stats on it and the the polls are showing amazing movement on this I mean, and every year gets stronger so I am looking forward to both of those issues being covered I hope both of them are uh, but if it, if they're not we will continue to talk about them
1: well and I think that the second issue uh, is a no-brainer and you know if a candidate can't get on board with that then I'm not certain that the Republican primary is is a good fit for them and I, <laughs> I agree I agree with what uh, Vivek said and in that, this has become the tyranny of the minority that's um, right the, the minority uh, of, of people uh, pushing their will and their ideology on the majority of americans and it's time to say not anymore and not with that's- my child
0: he did a good job on that and then he ended that conversation with thank you for being civil Right. right and and yeah. i that's that's part of it you know that's part of i think the draw for him and other candidates if, whether they can actually make a point in a way that brings people to their side and so we all need to work a little harder at that myself included and and we are trying very hard but Alice, thank you for coming on. This was so fun being with you and I can't wait to uh, get to be with you in the debate and take, keeping our own score and uh, seeing a little bit behind the scenes what's going on. We'll have to follow up and let people know you know, what we were able to experience while we're there.
1: I look forward to it. It'll be a great debate and it'll be fun uh, being there with you and, and uh, cheering on the GOP. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thanks so much. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women for America. To keep up with the work of Concern Women for America, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and head to our website, concernwomen.org.